trust we're thankful for another opportunity to be in the house of the Lord and trust the Lord to bless us for a little while and to be able to look into a portion of God's word and the subject that's upon my mind and continue to be praying for Brother Norman who will be following me. Um, if I follow the impression on my mind, I'd like to try to speak to you today, this morning, on the subject of contentment. Contentment. There's about three places in the New Testament here where it expressly mentions this subject. One's found in Hebrews chapter 13, in verse 5, says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Um, he's talking about be content with such things as you have. And that's one aspect of contentment. Uh, we see the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning in verse 6. He says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith let us be therewith content. Um, certainly we brought nothing into this world and we're not going to carry anything out. You know, we're just, remember, we're just strangers and pilgrims passing through. And we're here for a little while and we're going to be at the Lord forever. And um, we shouldn't, we ought to keep a loose hand on the things that we have because uh, we're going to leave them all behind. I've never seen a, uh, at a funeral a hearse with a U-Haul on the back. <clears throat> you're not, you're not going to take anything with you. Uh, and that's one aspect of contentment, being content with such things as you have. Having food and raiment, therewith be content. The other scripture that speaks of contentment isn't just talking about having things. And actually, Hebrews 13 isn't just talking about the things you have and being content. Because he goes on and he says, you know, the Lord's, <clears throat> that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. He says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord's my helper. I'll not fear what man shall do unto me. That has more to do than just the things we have, being content. But it has to do with being content with our lot and situation in life. And especially the Apostle Paul in Philippians covers this very well. That's what I'd like to really try to talk about. Not so much being content with such things as we have, <clears throat> but as far as material things, but being content in such things as we have as into our circumstances and things that happen in our life. Here in Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says, and I'm not going to go into the context here, but he says, not that at verse 11, he says, not that I have, not that I speak in respect of want. He was lacking some things, and he was trying to give some instruction to the church. But he says, you know, I'm not complaining about this thing. Not that I speak in respect of want. He says, for I have learned, I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. He's not talking about Texas, Arkansas, that kind of state, children. He's talking about whatever condition or situation you find yourself in. 
you see. That's a state of how I am. He says, I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in, whatever condition I am in life, he's learned to be content. And that's something Paul had to learn. That doesn't come standard equipment <coughs> with the new birth or anything like that. All right? And uh, he had to learn this. You know, in learning, if you hadn't figured it out, learning usually involves what? Thinking. It involves the mind. And if we're going to be content, just like we talked about, tried to talk about embracing the fact that we're strangers and pilgrims, it takes some girding up the loins of my mind and, and keeping that view of the Lord and the, putting on the helmet of salvation. It has to do with renewing my mind and, and thinking about the right things of what I'm doing here and I'm just here for a little while and I'm, I'm going to be at the Lord forever and ever and ever. Well, in the subject of contentment, the only way we're going to be content is we got to remember some other things besides that. We need to know what's going on. Okay? Just like I said, a lot of people live this life. They don't know what's going on. They think when you're dead, it's it. That's not what's going on as we're living here. And you know that. Well, I'm going to tell you well, something else that's not going on. And sometimes how we can become discontent is we don't realize <coughs> the, the real situation that the Lord is with us at all times walking along and leading us down the journey of our life. If we don't remember that, you know, God's always with us. He's always with us. What do we say over there in Hebrews? I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's why you can be content, because God loves you, he's taking care of you, and he's leading you down the journey of his life. Paul said this. He says... <coughs> I've learned in whatsoever state, condition I am in, therewith to be content. He says, I know both how to be abased, that's low, and how to abound. I know how it is to be in the valleys. I know how it is to be up on the mountaintop. He said this. He says, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. He said, everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry. A hungry state or a full state. Both to abound and to suffer need. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. <clears throat> you know, you ever been around discontented people? You ever been a discontented person? You say, I'm around one all the time. I'm with me. <laughs> Right? Discontentment. You know, you know a sign of discontent when a person discontent, you know how to know that because we start murmuring and complaining about things, right? A person who's murmuring and complaining doesn't sound very content to me, does it to you? No, it doesn't. You know, the Lord doesn't like us to murmur and complain. I could say it another way, otherwise, He likes us to be content with whatever state that we're in. But it takes some learning on our part, I don't know, some education on our part, <clears throat> takes us learning some things, all right? Paul says he learned how to be content. Before we jump off into this, if we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, you know, we're going to go into the Old Testament and hopefully learn some lessons on the subject of contentment. And you know, the things that God had pinned down 
about the children of Israel, a lot of those things in the Old Testament, they're written for our learning. All right? He, he didn't just, you know, he, he and it's really amazing that a lot of the things that he pinned down in the Old Testament we're going to find here in 1 Corinthians 10, the reason he moved men to pin that down, like Moses and those men, he had us in mind today to learn from some of these lessons. Let's hear in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. He's talking about the children of Israel, how they were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea, and they, they, they drank from the rock. You remember the travelings of the children of Israel? Smoked the rock and water came out. That was symbolic of Christ, and there's some lessons here. He's talking about the travels of the children of Israel, and he says, verse 6, Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, neither be idolaters as some of them were, verse 8, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed, verse 9, neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted. We talked about tempting Christ, fornication, idolatry, and now he talks about murmuring. Uh-oh. <laughs> he says, neither let us he says, neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. He's put murmuring right in there with fornication and idolatry and tempting God. He's put murmuring right in there. And then he says this. He says, verse 11, now all these things happened unto them for in samples. That means an example. And they are written for our admonition. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. Those things were written. God moved those men to write those things for us today. That maybe we not be murmurers like some of them were. Fornicators like some of them were. Remember, if I'm discontent, I'm murmuring and complaining, that's a sure sign of discontentment right there, is it not? Well... <clears throat> Let's turn over to the Old Testament then. I want to turn to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. You know, the Lord led the children of Israel out of Egypt by ten mighty plagues, across the Red Sea, and they wandered for about 40 years there until they finally, you remember they went to Kadesh Barnea, and they're supposed to go into the land, and they sent spies into the land, says, oh, there's walled cities, there's giants, we can't do it. You know, ten brought, brought back that evil report. Uh, two brought back a good report. But God said at that point, you've tempted me now these ten times. You're not going into the land. You're all going to wander this wilderness till everybody's uh, 20 years and older have died. And I'm going to bless your children to go into this land. You're just a bunch of murmuring and complaining people. And you've tempted me time and time again. And then you, so they travel in the wilderness for 40 years. And they finally come to the end of the time that they're about to go into Canaan's land through the leadership of Joshua. And they're going to cross over. They're in the land of Moab. They're going to cross over the Jordan and enter into the land. The book of Deuteronomy is Moses' discourse to the second generation right before they go into the land. He's rehearsing unto them things that they need to know, how God has led them, how God has promised them, and what God's going to do for them. And he tells them here in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and verse 2, if you want to read along with me. Deuteronomy chapter 8. He's going to tell them something very important. He's going to tell them to do something. He says this. 
And thou shalt remember all the way. Remember? Say, I, I said it had something to do with up here. God tells us to think about certain things. This is going to be the remedy for them to be content as God is leading them along. He says, Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God hath led thee these forty years in the wilderness. You know what God was doing in the wilderness with them? I'm going to tell you they were in God's school. They were in God's school. They were receiving some instruction. You remember what I said over there? I used that word already in Philippians, or Paul did. He says, I've learned. Sounds like instruction. Education, right? He says, I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. And then he says this. He says, everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed. Sounds like he's having instruction in the school of life wherever he is, and in whatever situation he finds himself in. We're in God's school today. He says, he's teaching them. He says in the Jer uh, uh, Deuteronomy 32 verse 9, says the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. You know what he said about Jacob? He says, he found him in a desert land. In a waste howling wilderness, and he led him about and instructed him and kept him as the apple of his eye. And I'm looking at a lot of little Jacobites today. All right? Spiritual Israelites. If you've been led of the Spirit of God, you're the sons of God, it says in Romans 8, verse 10 or 11. All right? We're led by the Spirit of God. I'm going to tell you. He says, Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God hath led thee. He's telling the ch children of Israel, these, these that have grown up now, they're about to enter into the land. He said, You need to remember and think. Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he says, He humbled thee and he suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna. That he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. All right? He's leading these people. He's leading these people. He's keeping them. Remember what I said about Jacob. He found him in a waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him, and he kept him as the apple of his eye. All right? I want to I think about that just for a minute. You know who it is that keeps you and I? It's the Lord. It's the Lord. You know, the Lord is, uh, as, the, as, as the mountains of the Lord are around about Jerusalem, so is the Lord around about his people henceforth forevermore. The Lord is around us. He keeps us in his care. And I know I'm, uh, you know, I've got all these scriptures, and I, ho I hope they're going to come out right, but I didn't think I'd talk about this first. But God is leading us down the journey of our life. He's keeping us. Let's look in Isaiah, let's look in Psalms 139 just for a moment. I'm going to tell you, God is leading us down the journey of our life just like he's leading the, the children of Israel down the journey of their life. I just want to look at a few scriptures here where it says that he found Jacob in a waste howling wilderness. He led him about and he instructed him and he kept him. I want you to know God has loved you with an everlasting love. You're his child and he's going to take care of you. 
and he's going and he is interested in your life and he's leading you down the journey of your life but it's God that is let's go to Psalms 139 I don't know where I said I was going to go Psalms 139 David said this I want you to get this picture that God is leading us down the journey see I can't I'm talking and I'm not even going to where I'm trying to read from Proverbs Psalms 139 when David says this now I want you to think about this that God is what did he already say I will never leave thee nor forsake thee all right I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper I will not fear what man shall do unto me when it says the Lord will never leave us that means he's always with us when he says he'll not forsake us that means he keeps us in his care as a matter of fact he says as it is written I'll never leave thee as it's written you know that's written in the Old Testament you know who that promise was given to it was given to Jacob you remember he had that dream and had Jacob's ladder that dream and uh, the Lord says I will be with thee and he didn't say I'll not forsake you he said I'll keep you in the way he keeps that's what it means if he doesn't forsake you he keeps you you see he found Jacob in a waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. And he kept him as the apple of his eye. That which is important to him. He keeps us. And in Psalms 120, we'll go to 139. But in Psalms 121, he says this. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. What a great thought. The Lord keeps me in his care. The Lord keeps me safe. He sustains me. Psalms chapter 2 talks about in, in 2.5 it says, he says I, I, I slept and I awake for the Lord sustained me. He keeps us while we sleep. Uh, 4.8 says in Psalms it says that he, he, sustain, he, 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 he keeps us in safety while we sleep. He keeps us. He's before us. He's behind us. Uh, he says here in Psalms 121, he says, he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall slumber, shall not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper, and thy, the Lord is thy shade, you see. God's, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. The Lord keeps us in his care. Now let's go to Psalms 139 real quick. I don't want to get on. But I want, I want you to understand. He says here, David says, Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou come, here's what I wanted. Thou compasseth my path and my lying down. He compassed. You know, in the children of Israel, and when they, when they took Jericho, they compassed the city several times, right? Went, that means going around. He is around. God is who said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's around our path. This says he compasseth our path and our lying down. Verse 5 says, Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. See, whether you realize it or not, God's before you, he's behind you, and he's laid his hand on you as you're walking through this life, you see. That's the way it is. And he goes on and he says, and you say, well, I didn't know that. Well, you know what? After the Lord appeared unto Jacob over there in Genesis 28 and says, I'm going to never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to keep you. He woke up and he said, Surely the Lord was in this place, and I knew it not. He didn't know what was going on. We need to know. If we're going to be content, we need to know what's going on. You know what's going on? 
He's before us. He's behind us. He's, taking, he's keeping us in his care. He says here, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utter post parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. That's saying God is leading us down the journey of our life. As a matter of fact, uh, one of my favorite texts is in Isaiah 40. God's, God's, God's carrying us along. Let's go do it real quickly, and I don't want to spend all my time on this, all right? He says, um, but it's important to understand. In Isaiah chapter, I think it's 46. He says, verse 3, Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb, even to your old age I am he, and even to whore hairs will I carry you. I have made and I will bear and I will carry and deliver you. What he's saying is, from your whore hairs, that's your gray hairs. All right? That's your white hairs. He says, from your birth to your end of old age, I'm the one that's been carrying you all along in your days. Whether you knew it or not, God's carrying us along. He's leading us along. He's always with us. He loves us. He takes care of us, you see. He ever keeps us, and he doesn't slumber nor sleep. So you get the idea the Lord loves you, and he's walking along with you. I want you to understand, he's leading us along, just like Jacob. I found him in a waste howling wilderness. I led him about, and I'm instructing him. People that don't know they're in school don't get a very good education, Right? I mean, I work at a university, you know, you know, university, you got tech here. People that go off to college and they don't understand they're in school, they're just partying, they're not paying attention, they're not going to learn very much, are they? No, they're not. You got to know you're in school. If you know you're in school, you got a better chance of understanding. I'm telling all of you that we're in God's school right now. And one of the main things, I'll just go ahead, one of the main things I believe that the lesson is that we learn is that we're dependent upon our God for all things. And I can't do anything myself. And God will wean us away for self, realizing our dependence is upon God in the school of life. All right? Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God hath led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. To do what? To humble thee. Well, he can take pride out of you. I'm a mom. I can do whatever. I, I'm, I'm strong. I can get by with life. I don't need anything. I don't need the Lord. Oh, really? He'll, he'll shut you down. He humbled these people. He said, I, I'm leading you to humble you, to prove you. That's a test, brother. You have tests in school. We're, they're in school. We're in school because we're supposed to be receiving instruction. And sometimes there's tests that God gives us. In our school of life. And he's, he, he tested them on many occasions. Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God hath led thee these forty years in the wilderness. To humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart. Whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. And Okay, how does he teach it? And he says, and he suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna. God brought them to a place where they didn't have anything to eat. That's a test. What are you going to do? Oh, would to God, you brought us out here to die in the wilderness. Would to God, we stayed in Egypt. Murmuring and complaining. 
And you know what, one of the things they forgot? God was leading them down the journey of their life. That's why he's saying, thou shalt remember all the way. Don't forget. God is leading you. He's with you. He loves you. He's promised to never leave you nor forsake you. You are not out here on your own. I'm taking care of you while you're here. And I'm, you're going to be with me in glory. You're a stranger. Remember, you're a stranger and pilgrim. But while you're here in your pilgrimage, I'm going to take care of you. You're mine. You belong to me. And I'm going to take care of you every step of the way. I've carried you from your birth. I'm carrying you till you die. Paul says, I've learned in whatever state I'm in. Let's turn over. Let's look at the children of Israel. Let's go to Exodus chapter 14. We find the children of Israel. What happens to them? They had come out of Egyptian bondage, right? By ten mighty plagues. I mean, you realize, can you imagine if you'd lived in that day and see all the things that God did? And all those plagues and things? You, I'd be impressed, right? I mean, I mean, wouldn't that get your attention? And then brought them out with a high hand. I mean, by the time the Lord got done with the Egyptians, the Egyptians were saying, here, take all our silver, take all our gold, just please leave. You know, first says, you ain't going anywhere, right? Oh, the Lord got done with Pharaoh. He's ready for him to go. They went. Well, Pharaoh decided, well, you know, why did we leave them, let them go? So he came after him, right? And we see here in Exodus chapter 14, Pharaoh caught up with them. They were over there between Migdal and the sea. They were pinned in. The Egyptians came, right? And they thought they were going to die. And they complained. Let's see what they said to Moses. Verse 10. You can read along with me. I'll, I'll, I'll try to slow down a little enough. You, you can read along if you want. In Exodus 14, 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid. And the children of the Lord cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? little murmuring and complaining going on, isn't there? I'd say so. Uh, it says, uh, For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die in the wilderness. You know what they did? They forgot who it was that had been already leading them that far. They forgot about God that just showed his strength and might and he's leading. I mean, the Lord's in the matter here. He's leading them down the journey of their life and they go down into the south and they're up against the Red Sea. Do you even know why they camped where they did? Because God told them to camp right there. The Lord was leading them. Look in the first part of chapter 14. The Lord spake unto Moses saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before Paharoth, between Migdal and the sea, over against Beelzephon, before it ye shall encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say, he's telling them what's going to happen. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land, the wilderness hath shut them in. I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, and the Egyptians that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. That means they went and camped exactly where God told them to camp. And lo and behold, guess what happened? Exactly what God said would happen. Pharaoh comes up, and they're pinned. They didn't remember the Lord. They forgot about God. And see, I'm going to tell you, that's what we do. We forget that the Lord has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. That the Lord is carrying us. He's leading us down the journey of our life. Don't forget God. And not to forget God, i got to renew some things in my mind. It takes work up here. I forget about God. 
that he's always with me. And he's keeping me. All right. God is leading us. Well, you know what happened. Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the Lord, I mean, the Lord told him what to do. And uh, he said, uh, uh, the Lord said unto Moses, speak unto the children, they go forward. Anyway, you know what happened? God parted the waters. They went across dry shod. And the, the Egyptians tried to follow them. God wiped out, killed, destroyed, no more. What a great deliverance. God showed them. Do you know what they did when they got to... Now, this side of, the, this side of Jordan, I mean, this side of, of, the, of the Red Sea, they're murmuring and complaining, right? Not very content. You know what they did on the other side? They sang praises to God for his great deliverance. They sang the song of Moses. Let's see in Exodus chapter 15. They then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. And they spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously, the horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. You know, they weren't saying that before when they were pinned in. The Lord's my strength. The Lord's my salvation. We're just going to depend on the Lord. The Lord's in control of this matter. The Lord loves me. He's promised to never leave me nor forsake me. That's not what they were thinking, was it? They were just thinking, oh, we're all here by ourselves. And, and they forgot God. But now they remember God because he showed them one more time. Showed them one more time. Can you think back in your life how the Lord's led you? And how he delivered you? That's a, that's a good thing to think about. Because it reminds you that he's leading us. He's taking care of us. But they start singing the song of Moses. God is our strength. He's our salvation. He's our, you know, a strong man. And one of the things they said, though, in verse 13, he says, Thou in thy mercy hast led forth thy people, whom thou hast redeemed, thou hast guided them. They're, now they're, they're realizing and remembering. He says, you're leading us. You're guiding us. That's the words he used. See, they had forgotten that God was leading and guiding them along and taking care of them, leading them down the journey of their life. He found Jacob in a waste, howling wilderness. He's leading them about. And instructing him and keeping him in his care. You see, they forgot. After he delivered him, well, yeah. Yeah, he's leading us. He's our salvation. He's leading us. He's guiding us. They're singing this song to the Lord. Oh, it's so great. And then they went three days later. They came to the place. They didn't have anything to drink. They forgot about God who's leading them down the journey of their life. They forgot they were in God's school and God's leading them along to teach them. They forgot all that because they left. Verse 22, 15, 22, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to the Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Boy, not contend anymore. What did they do? What was, what, what, I already told you, they forgot. We have a, if we go to Psalms 106, a little commentary about the travels of the children of Israel. Here's what it said. It talks about the enemy being overthrown in the Red Sea. He saved them, verse 10, he saved them from the hand of him that 
that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemies, and the water covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. He destroyed all the Egyptians, right? We just read about it. It says, then believed they his words, they sang his praise. The song of Moses, right? You know what the next verse says, though? They soon forgot his words. They forgot. Three days in, they forgot. They didn't have any water. God brought them providentially to a place they didn't have anything to drink. That's a test. Now what are you going to do? You're going to remember the Lord God that said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? What are you going to do? You're going to look to me for water when you don't have any? They just started murmuring and complaining because they forgot about God. They, they're not renewing their mind in these truths that God's promised to never leave me nor forsake me. They're not learning very good because they're forgetting they're in God's school and that he's actually leading them day by day in the journey of their life. They forget about all that. And so brought us to die out here. Murmuring and complaining, not very content. What did he say? Uh, okay, so, so here, they showed him a tree, put it in the water, the water was made sweet. Well, turn to chapter 16. Wasn't very long, they were going along, they didn't have anything to eat. They, they didn't have anything to eat. And the whole congregation, verse 2, 16, 2, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel... Murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, and the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, when we did eat bread to the full. For you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And that's where God gave them manna, right? Gave them manna to eat. Remember our text in Deuteronomy 8 2, Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God hath led thee these forty years in the wilderness. And he says, He suffered thee to hunger, then he fed them with manna. That's what he's talking about. He brought them to a place where they didn't have anything to eat. What are they going to do? Look to the Lord? No, they forgot about God. They started murmuring and complaining. They forgot God was leading them down the journey of their life. And they complained and murmured about it. All right, let's go back to Philippians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul says, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He says, I've learned both how to, he says, I know how both how to be abased, I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed, and that's important. Everywhere, there's nothing that comes into your life or crosses your path, but God is there with you. God will suffer certain things to happen. He suffered them to come to a place they didn't have anything to eat, and then he fed them, you see. All right, And I don't have time because I've spent all my time. But uh, you go read about Job. Man, he lost all these things, didn't he? I mean, boom, boom, boom. He was one day, he had, he had ten children. He, had, he was the richest man in the east over there, right? And, and, and then he, he had a servant coming. Well, you, you know, the Sabaeans fell upon all your oxen and asses and they're gone. And I alone left. I'm the only one left. And then, and then uh, he lost all his camels. Uh, he lost all his sheep. And then he lost his children. And he left with his wife and four servants that came with the bad news. Boom, 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 boom. You know what he said? He said, the Lord giveth. He fell down and worshiped the Lord. He said, the Lord giveth and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You say, well, 
Well, the Lord didn't take those. The CBN took those things away. Well, who's in charge? He suffered those things to happen. Just like he'd suffer men to come into a place they didn't have anything to eat. He suffered all those things to happen. And Job understood that. Job understood there was nothing to come in his life or cross his path but what God either brought about or he suffered and allowed to happen. But who's still in control? God is. And he says, the Lord hath given. See, the, see, see there's nothing going to happen unto you except the Lord would suffer it to happen because he's, he's leading you. He loves you. He's keeping you. Now, it may look bad. I'm going to tell you the Lord is our shepherd. He leadeth us behind, beside the still waters. But my friends, there's the valley of the shadow of death sometimes. But even there, his rod and his staff, they comfort us. God hadn't left us when we're in the valley of affliction and trial. He may be just trying to wean Vince away from self. To depend upon the Lord. To instruct me. Paul says, I've learned. I mean, just think about Paul and Silas. Man, they get thrown in jail, in the Philippian jail, for preaching the gospel. And these guys are down there just, ooh, it's all right, man. They're singing and praying to the Lord. What's wrong, What's wrong with these people? You're, not, you're supposed to be down in the dumps. Well, they understood the same God that had suffered them to be in that place because they hadn't done anything wrong. They'd just been preaching the word. The same God that had suffered them to be in that place can get him out any time he wants. Maybe the Lord wants me to be down here. Maybe there's somebody down there like a Philippian jailer that he wants the gospel to be preached to. You don't know what's on the Lord's agenda. Trust in the Lord. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. We're in God's school. Paul says, I've learned in whatsoever state I am, there was to be content. He says, everywhere I go, everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed by God. Oh, I don't know what the lesson is all the time, but Lord, show me. You see, the Lord loves us, and he's leading us along. There was a place over here, and I'm going to close. i got to close. He says in 2 in Corinthians, Paul says some things happened to him one time. He was in a bad way. He despaired even of life. He was so low. He says here in 2 Corinthians, verse 8, I would not, for I would, it says for you, for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble. You ever had any trouble? That trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. He said we had the sentence of death in ourselves. I mean, he despaired even of life. You ever been that low? But he still understood he was in God's school. God suffered him. To be in a low place. But you know what he said? Here's what he said. He said we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. What's the lesson? What's the lesson in God's school? That we should not trust in ourselves. But in God which raiseth the dead. He learned. Oh, oh, yeah. The lesson is. I'm not to trust in myself. I continue to trust in the Lord. And he said. Who hath delivered us. From such great a death. And doth deliver, in whom we trust will yet deliver us. My friends, we need to learn everywhere. We're in God's school. Don't forget God. My message, think, real, remember all the way which the Lord thy God has led you all the days of your life. Because he's carried us from our birth. He's carrying us toward our death. And my friends, we're in God's school that we might learn that our dependence, our utter dependence is upon the Lord God of heaven who's loved us. 
He died for our sins, and we're going to go home be with him one day, but he's going to take care of us here as well. Salvation is of the Lord in all facets. May God bless you is my prayer.